podcast. Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie. And we are the Queer Arabs. I am Saudi American and a lesbian and... I am bi trans Lebanese and we are recording here in America. Yeah. And we have another Lebanese American on the, on the line with us today. So, hey, Andrea, can you introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. I'm Andrea Abi Karam. I'm Lebanese American, trans, genderqueer, punk poet, living in New York. The and Lebanese trans representation increases. I'm a very much in, in approval of this. Me yeah, too. Same. Excited. Hell, hell yeah. I feel it strongly. And we actually, well, we didn't get to meet, but I got to watch one of Andrea's. Well, no. You, you read a couple, right? At Yellow Punk? Yep, a couple pieces. It's like all one poem, but I read it. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just paused for drama, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the silver paper was really cool, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, Andrea read a piece at uh, Yellow Punk, which was awesome, and we're so excited to have them on. So thank you for being here. I'm so honored to have you here, part of our show. Thank you for having me. Of um, course. Should I read yeah. for a couple minutes? Yeah. Do you want to start show us with what one? you got? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so I'll read a few pieces from my first book of poetry that's coming out in November. Oh, um, yeah. Is that the Extra Transmission? Yeah, it's called yes. Extra Transmission. Awesome. And where can uh, we get this thing? Um, you can get it from Small Press Distribution, which is the largest poetry distributor in the States, or you can get it from bookstores. Um, awesome. And it's being published by Kelsey Street Press. I used to work in a lab with rats for a long time, a memory lab. We were trying to figure out which, what part of their tiny brains could remember how to navigate space, what told them which way to go. A model for humans, a model for curing Alzheimer's, a model for navigation, a model for humanless navigation, a model for drones. I quit shortly after the lab got funding from the U.S. Department of Defense. Did you know that if you're a combat veteran with PTSD, you can get a nonprofit that is funded by the CIA to give you a dog? I want a dog. On the surface of the signature injury, on the surface. Circle one option below, mild, moderate, severe. In the framework of it all, the female body in combat reads differently, differently glitches differently. That the female body in combat is not a state of on opposed to off. It's a state of always on, always watching, waiting for the moment of the signature injury, whatever it might be. It costs so much to maintain the body in constant combat. It must consume and consume and consume just to stay awake before it burns it all away too fast. She gnaws at her own fingertips to stay alert, to stay awake, to stay warm. Easy to get cold out there in the desert at night. Hard to maintain the skin sealed to the bones below, to the meat beneath each blast and every impact. The environment tries to pull it apart, make little entrances for itself, ports to communicate information back to the base, shuttle information back up the chain of command, ports to communicate information, ports to channel energy into the surroundings, static shoots across dry desert air, 
as if it's not enough to just exist in constant combat command wants the full download, the full extra transmission she's tried so hard to keep sewn strictly in. Direct line to read each electric impulse each time a muscle moves. Brace, unbrace, skin just a shell, plastic sheeting to keep the muscle moist, a case for your new iPhone X. Release innermost secrets through your fingertips, eyes just a mirror, a high-resolution scan of the surroundings, breaks in vision noted, breaks in brush noted, lack of cover noted, body just a case for desirable information until they get a new shipment in of those who must volunteer their own skin cases to protect the TV set stationed in your living room, to enter combat, to take orders, to take the fall. Every body is consumable. Every American body is consumable. There's a whole country back home to manufacture more willing bodies for the volunteer-based army, a country that sometimes agrees to relax its borders in exchange for the combat-ready body, for the soft skin that caves in from every bit of shrapnel, for the soft skull that splits on impact, for the soft brain that bounces back and forth inside the skull, for the soft brain that tears and swells, for the soft brain that after the tears and the swells still turns the body back on, still serves for the soft person who can't remember. On the assembly line to American nationalism, little clicks along the conveyor belt. Wow. The word skin cases was so piercing. So real. I hope we're not interrupting a dramatic pause. No. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. You're fine. I figured. I think... That's what I want to read okay. for now. And then yeah, Ugh. I could read maybe a Kill Bro poem at the end to send everyone off with. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Wow, that was so powerful. Um, Although American nationalism and imperialism is never off topic here. so Definitely not. I mean, the first thing I think of is, um, you know, the Iraq... I mean, I know this this poem can um, be relevant for so many things that the U.S. has done. That was so powerful. Yeah, Thank we you are for sharing that. We are completely wrecked over here by that poem. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for... Yeah, so, um, yeah, how many poems are going to be in Extra Transmission? Um, well, it's not really like a traditional collection. It's in four sections. Um, oh, cool. So, like, a lot of my work kind of is all smashed together like the poem that you heard at Yala Punk. Yeah. Um, but this is in four sections. The first section is Kill Bro, Kill Cop. The oh, second wow. section is um, Decreation. The uh-huh. third section is Fusion. And the last section is Extra Transmission. Mm-hmm. And how many years of your work is this spanning? Um, I actually wrote it fairly quickly um this is i i did an mfa at mills college um from 2014 to 2016 and this was my like thesis project um and the mfa is like meant to make everyone write a book Um, yeah and so i actually pretty much wrote it in the span of one semester but it was but the experiences contained in it are like you know years of growing up in the States, like post nine yeah. eleven and interacting with patriarchy. Yeah. And um there's a strong there's like a double theme of the cyborg in the book, later in the book. Um mm. and um so like you got it on the nose is 
I mean, it, this is like about, or the section that I read is speaking to um, the signature injury of the war on terror. Mm-hmm. So severe concussions where past memories are erased and daily memory continues to be difficult. Yeah. Um, like blast injuries. And this is like, so this is a signature injury of the war on terror. And um, it's a very gendered injury, like the Mm -hmm. ways the symptoms show up as far as like remembering intimate connections with people, um, close like kinship ties and things like that. And so there's a character that, and then also is like how the medical industrial complex responds to the injuries that the American military complex like produces right um so impersonal not very effective right and so there's a lot of responses from the medical world which is like giving people basically like iphones so they can remember things um and so this is like the becoming cyborg so this is like the becoming cyborg thing yeah yeah. Um, Ellie, so you did all. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. We're gonna. We're gonna be. We will soon be owners of this. A copy of this book. Oh my so, god. I'm super excited. Yeah, and um, so, cyborg stuff, and also yeah. cyborg trans stuff, because of me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's always those uh, people who argue that trans people are basically just um, bioengineered. Yeah. Which is not entirely wrong. Right. Huh. But, you know, that that's a whole... Let, let's let's start talking about trans... Like, transhumanism and, and biological um, determinism and what you are and are allow, not allowed to do your, with your body. But that's, like, a whole separate conversation that is totally fascinating and probably way out there for us. Totally. Um, and there's also this thing that I became very obsessed with when I was working on this project was that there's all these different like little nonprofits that are geared towards helping vets Mm -hmm. that are like here we'll give you a dog or like here like go horseback riding like this will help your like PTSD and your complete inability to remember anything that was important to you before you served Um, and so there's also some like there's there's a whole like horse love poem section I love that the that the government will fund that, but you know won't you know won't fathom the idea of not going on an optional war, right? It's like, yeah. well, yeah, we can put down these little uh, guilty like these guilt nonprofits for everyone, but mm-hmm. you know, God forbid, we turn down Halliburton's war request, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or decide not to come up with an excuse to invade Iraq really for oil but claim it's for some other reason hey you gotta feed that military industrial complex somehow gotta feed the ego yep the bush ego the all that good stuff uh-huh <sighs> wow um are both of your parents Lebanese um my Dad is from Lebanon, and my mom is from the Bronx. Oh, cool. Um, cool. Fellow mixed kid. Yeah. Me too. 
Cool. And you grew up, where did you grow up mostly? Um, I grew up in Connecticut. Oh, um, okay. In the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And then I, I went to undergrad in Boston. I lived there for five years. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Oakland and I lived in Oakland for six years until this past May when I moved here to New York. Ooh, you've lived some, you have lived in some amazing cities. That's awesome. Yeah. It's very grateful for my time in the Bay. Yeah. Oh, I bet. So so growing up as a mixed kid, um, to mixed parents, obviously, um, Mm -hmm. you know, did you were you like readily assimilated into American society? Did you just grow up thinking, oh hey, I'm I'm just another white kid in white America, or were you more aware of the fact, or when did you become aware of the fact, or I don't know. I'm babbling. Yeah, I mean it's such a large, complicated um, yeah. question and existence that has. Yeah taken and probably will continue to take many years of unraveling. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, like my my dad's side, my parents are divorced, but my dad's side of my family spoke, uh, spoke Arabic um, and like we would go visit my grandparents every summer until 9-11. And then oh. Oh. after oh. 9-11, it was like, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Connecticut, but it's, like, extremely white. Yeah. Um, yeah. um, And, like, after – and I grew up, like, not so far from New York, like – Right. An hour-ish from New York City. Um, And then after 9-11, it was suddenly, like – I mean, I was, like, 11 or 12, and it was suddenly, like, fuck, this thing that was, like – normal is suddenly completely villainized and like yes. I didn't fully understand it but I was like this is I was like I can't learn Arabic because like it's going to like oh my gosh affect me and so I was like as a kid I was like I don't want to learn Arabic which I extremely regret right now yeah um, we all do we all do yeah. we're, we're there we're there with you and I really want to learn it um and I actually started writing poems this summer from like right to left to try to like Oh, I don't know, cool. Tap into tap into something. Yeah. Um, Just to get used to that element. Yeah. That's cool. I I am so with you. It's a very frustrating feeling to think that like how much I, in a parallel life, I could have easily learned Arabic, and it was yeah. just within reach, you know, and didn't. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, Ellie. Ellie too. Like Ellie's uh, parents are both Lebanese and immigrants. So, but they made the decision not to teach the kids Arabic. Oh wow! Because yeah. when my parents came, it was uh, during the Lebanese Civil War. Uh, Iran Contra mm. just happened, so America mm. was very anti Middle East at the time. So they were like, you know, maybe we shouldn't have our kids stand out and speak a foreign language. So English, English, wow. English, English, mm-hmm. all the English. Wow. Yeah, you know, uh, and they were like, "We just didn't want you to carry on the traumas." And I was just like, "But you guys literally discussed this thing like half in English and half in Arabic every single day till I was probably like 16. Oh my God! Whoa! So, to which the turn, and after that, it was like, 
well, things sort of died out, and then 9-11. Just... Yeah. I don't know why we've never talked about this, Ellie, but did you, as a young child at least, do you think you understood a lot of Arabic? Uh, according to my parents, I actually spoke Arabic when I was very young, and I lost it. Oh, wow. Sad. Dang. Yeah. Dang. Oh, that must be, yeah. Well, I don't know if that's frustrating to you. Well, you know how that is. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't grow up with my Saudi side really like present in my life consistently enough for it to happen. So I don't. I don't really. I guess I can't imagine what it would be like to have your parents' native language pass to you and then have it fade away. That's something mm-hmm. I don't know what it would feel like. It's it's an odd feeling. Yeah. So. Yeah, I bet. And then I felt really stupid in college for taking Arabic and struggling so much with it. So it is a tough language, and it doesn't help where it's like, "Hey, we're teaching you standard Arabic, but this is not really what you'll ever use in conversation." Oh my God, yeah. And then speak it, like, then try okay, speaking well. around my folks and get told how white I am. Oh, yeah. Ouch. I'm just like, yeah. Like, I remember one of my cousins saying, that is the whitest Arabic I have ever heard. Oh, my God. Brutal. Damn. They could have at least, like, not. Yeah. They didn't have to say that. No, these are my cousins. They have to say it. They have to say it. Yeah, okay. They they have to say it. That's true. Middle Eastern family. The the brutal. It wouldn't be family if they weren't completely and brutally honest. (laughs) Perhaps gleefully brutally honest. (laughs) Yeah. Have you been, um, Andrea, have you been back to Lebanon since 9-11 at all? I have not, no. Um, okay, yeah. I really want to, I really want to apply to the Beirut Artist Residency. Um, oh, that's cool that there's, that that is a thing. Yeah, there's like, it's like the one residency. Um, Whoa. Oh, um, cool. How long would think- it be? I think it's a couple months. Okay. Like maybe like two to two to four, some some range of that. But yeah, I really, or maybe it's a month. I can't remember. But I really want to do that. Um, it's actually been really. I didn't have like huge Arab community in the Bay. Um, yeah. I mean, I know there are people there, but I just like it wasn't part of it. Um, mm-hmm. And like my first weekend in New York, I did this reading and someone's backyard and I met like a bunch of like queer Arab poets and writers Whoa. and then like two weeks later I went to the Raleigh conference in Houston oh where you all are yeah and like How met was a ton that? of people it was a lot but it was great um <laughs> and yeah I feel like I have like a real like larger than I've ever imagined like queer Arab community in New York like I run into people like at parties and at karaoke and at readings all the time which is really special yeah I feel like we don't have a really well organized online space though you know yeah I yeah definitely I agree with that it sounds like New York has something going though I mean just where it the access isn't that difficult or is it or we're on Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Or if I completely lost the thread here. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I definitely, it was, like, curated the way I fell into it because, like, I 
I had some poems in a magazine that is like explicitly like queer radical. Um, oh, sweet. And, yeah. Queer and, radical Arabs, you don't say. No, it was just queer radical, but um, oh, okay, cool. I was in it, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you brought the Arab to the table. I brought the Arab to the table, and mm. then they were like, you know, there's like a huge community of like queer poets and writers. And nice. some of the Arab poets were at the reading. Oh, sweet. And they were like, oh my God, you're Arab. Who are you? Where'd you come from? And I was like, oh, I, I just moved you. here a week ago. <laughs> and it was friend. probably immediately like, we need to stick together. And they're like, yeah. we, have to, we have to protect our precious baby Arab. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, it's, it's a unicorn. It's the only one. Yeah. Fresh meat. Fresh you know. meat, yeah. The newcomer, yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you have that community. Um, it took us a while to find other queer MENA folks. So it was about a year ago that both of us kind of connected with other queer Arabs and there was the, or queer MENA folks. It's like so novel still to me. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. How long have you all been in Houston? Um, I have only been here a few years, Ellie. My Basically my whole life, I... Yeah have either lived in Houston or just sort of existed in Houston and slept elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So, but my, my usual social circle was very queer, very white. Well, occasionally queer POC persons wandered into that group, but it was like queer culture is white. It's, yeah. I, I hate to say that, but it's so very white a lot of the time, unless you're, unless you, you're keyed into it, especially if you're, if it's the queer college life. Mm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah. I think it's changing a little bit. I hope it's changing. I mean, I guess I could go back to college and figure it out again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think there's been a lot more of kind of deliberate, hey, let's uh, talk about the need for representation. But I feel like our, like the whole um, Arab keyed into its their family thing so being keyed into Arab identity it really inhibits sort of the building of queer friend and family groups and spaces because mm. you were either like you played on the down low and you stick with it or I feel like mm. you have to sort of like abandon it and go to the queer community and it's very hard to sort of go back to associating with the the Arab identity because you're like shit uh I if I do that, you know, I'll be added to my family or something horrible will happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, that's, have, that's have you especially that? hard for you. Cause I feel like because your family is all in the same city. Wow. Yeah, but they're they're. I'm already very out and they're already very shamed by me, I guess. You got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've, I've basically been coming out to them for at least 20 years at this point. So... Yeah, wow. I guess how much longer do people need? Well, yeah. basically anyone I couldn't tell is, is dead at this point. Sadly, <laughs> include some very, very much loved, beloved grandmothers and grandfathers and yeah, uncles. Of course. Right. right. And now I make myself sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, that's the unfortunate reality. I never came out to my grandmother. And I, I know for a fact it would have it would never have gone well. Um, and part of me is kind of happy that I never changed our relationship by coming out and like 
to her and that's unfortunate that I have to feel that way but it's it is how I feel oh yeah so so Andrea did you ever come out to your Arab side at all um I don't have much of a relationship anymore with my father so I didn't uh, have to um yeah. and um, yeah yeah Basically, yeah. God damn it! I I I totally relate. I relate so much. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm obviously out to my mom, and she took care of me after top surgery, which was cute. Aww. Congratulations on both. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Was the recovery pretty difficult? I was just like so excited. I kind of it was like fine. I watched like eight seasons of Grey's Anatomy and don't remember any of it. Oh my god. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> I went on tour with my band like six weeks afterwards. It's like Oh, chill. you're in a band? Um, well, I, I, that was my Bay Area band, which I'm no longer in. But Oh, okay. Cool. But yeah, that was my band, Spray Tan. Oh my god. That sounds like the best Bay Area band name. Yes, it does. Yeah, we were queer and trans and slutty. It was fun. Oh my god. Does the band is the band still doing stuff? No, we. Oh, you all kind of. It was only a three piece and. Oh okay yeah. okay yeah. Wow, oh that's 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 so sweet. I I love that that your mom was there for that. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Wow. I do want to start a new band with all of my luxurious free time in New York. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Um, do you sing or play an instrument? Um, I play guitar and like you know punk sing. Oh, sweet! Best singing, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And it sounds like your um, writing is very much in the punk genre too. Oh yeah. So definitely goes goes well together. Yeah, no surprise there. Showing up at Yellow Punk and then showing up here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, were you at all of Yellow Punk or just the Sunday thing? Um, I caught like a couple panels Saturday afternoon, late afternoon. I like cool. took the bus from New York, the Chinatown bus, the yeah, Wanda, the Wanda Express. Um, Wanda Express, I love it. Yeah, and it was cool. I took my bike, and so I biked to Crane Arts, and then I caught a couple panels, and then Ooh. like. That's hung fun. out and then yeah it was their Sunday I saw a few of the films and obviously the poetry yeah. I didn't really know anyone so it was a little challenging I was, oh, a little shy. Yeah. I was shy yeah but... oh man we should have hung out because like, yeah. we, we didn't know that many people we um one of the organizers Miriam is one of our good friends and she's the one who introduced us to yellow punk but oh, everyone cool. else was new for us so. But it was also kind of cool because we didn't stand out at all. It was so nice. Yeah. I mean, it was really great to just be in that space. I love yeah. all of us. I mean, it, it'd be like, well, shit, if somebody gave our, like, my description to the police, they would go to the yellow punk and be like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was kind of nice. Like We're, a description of everyone. It's like <laughs> queer. Dark hair, mostly. Arab features. Air, yeah, big, whatever that big is. Big eyes. Yeah. Big eyes. Somewhat 
bushy eyebrows. Mm-hmm. In my case, at least, quite a distinct nose. The nose. The nose. With a capital N that I definitely have. <sighs> so. Oh, and very genderqueer. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that was so refreshing. So good. So fucking amazing. Uh, and it was hard for me, um, and I think a lot of other people, to come back home after Yellow Punk. And it's like, wait, this is. It's like, not always like that. No, 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 we should have just been like, fuck it. Let's just start an artist commune right here, right now with these people. <laughs> yeah, the come down is always hard. It is. That was that was not easy. All of a sudden, I just felt a lot more, um, a lot. Well, I had a lot less patience when I got home for stupid shit. White people <laughs> said. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Do you want to hear a horror story? Yes. Please. Um, so I went on the Sister Spit tour in March of earlier this year, um, nice. which is like. Um, like, it was like an all cutie puck lineup two week tour, um, which was cool. And so we had shows almost every night we played a, or we did a show in, but it was like poetry, film, performance vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, and we performed a show in Santa Ana in Southern California and I was like working the merch table afterwards Mm -hmm. and this like middle-aged white lady come up to me and was like so how Lebanese are you and I was like are you gonna buy one of my zines because if not stop talking to me like I do not need to give you any information right now like how how is that relevant how is that how Lebanese are you wow on a scale of what exactly 42 (laughs) percent yeah Oh boy. Well, I would be like, well, how? I I, I would hate to like just throw it back. It's like, how white are you? I know. I <laughs> wish I had said that instead. Did she? Okay, I sh- I guess I doubt it. But did she buy anything? She didn't. She didn't buy one of my no, zines. Of she bought not. like she bought like a someone else's like book. Um, I don't know. It was like I was just like shocked that I mean I shouldn't be shocked but I was like this is literally what's happening right now yeah it's it's like all it's expected that kind of bullshit but every time it happens it's still it, it makes you pause yeah uh, my favorite changes are the ones that are ex- like painfully polite it's like so where are you from and I'm like well I grew up around here mm-hmm. I'm like so when did you arrive and I was like I was a born in chicago i know people were like (laughs) the dancing around it so awkwardly it's like are you yeah and they're finally then they finally are like well your parents what about your it's like how long have you been in the country it's like my entire life it's like my parents and it's like at that point it starts to branch and i'm like like well it's like well, I don't know about my bio parents, but I was adopted. No. And just... just Oh, you you want to... I, I just want to start bullshitting them at that point because it's painful. Yeah. Honestly, they just, oh, uh-huh. They're just trying very hard to be politely racist to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Which is sweet, but also exceptionally obnoxious. It's sweet. Oh, your polite racism. So sweet. It's for like you're, being polite. It's like you're not trying to directly oppress me. Have a cookie. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Well. Ugh. <laughs> Gotta love it. It's like, oh my god, dark hair. Let's make a beeline for that person and freak out. Yeah, oh my god. That, or it can be like, or just drag it out as long as possible. Be like... Well, my parents immigrated, and I think, and they're like, "What did they immigrate from?" Well, like, we came because of the war. And it's like, <laughs> and see how long, <laughs> see how long they'll pay attention. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and but they came from, but they left through because of the war. But they arrived in France and they stayed a few <laughs> months in Spain. Just drag it out. And I think they did a small stint in Mauritania. I don't know why. <laughs> nice. And. I don't know, maybe throw in a country or two that doesn't exist anymore just because... Yugoslavia. Yeah, just be like, oh, and they hung out in Yugoslavia for a few months. They never told me why, but it was... Just make it as sketchy as possible. But it was... They said it had something to do with the Cold War. I don't know. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I guess there are some good trolling opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So, at least there's that. So, um... Cool. I need to polish Where... those skills. <laughs> Was this a this that tour? Was it nationwide? No, well, it was only two weeks. Um, oh yeah. Okay. So we did like California, New Mexico, and Arizona. Ooh, that's fun. A spicy southwestern tour. Yes. Yeah, it was great. Love it. Oh, um, New Mexico is so beautiful. How was the food? Um. Oh, in New Mexico. Yeah, please tell me. I don't know. I I need to go. And eat their food. Yeah. We had someone who had, like, I think a gluten allergy. And so we kept ending up at, like, horrible places like Whole Foods. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, a lot, it was, like, eight people. And so, like, it's, like, you know, you're trying to, like, be efficient with the schedule and make it to the show and also eat. And also, where do you eat? It's, like, right, it's, like, right. a challenge. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was two weeks in March, and I really want to do a book tour for my book. Ooh. Oh my gosh, come to Houston. Please. I should. You should. We will definitely know all the people to bring with us. Amazing. Yes. And we do have a queer sci-fi bookstore. Oh, you know. cool. Yeah, it's wow. called, um, it's called uh, Paraspace Books, and they are amazing. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, having poetry about uh, queer bodies and cyborgs. Yeah, yeah. It it might work. Just might. Yeah. Just saying. Def, We're trying to def, sell this def. Houston idea. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that'd be that'd be super cool. So um, oh my god, I would love that. that. Yeah. But now that I think of it, do sci-fi themes often come up in your work, like the cyborg, or is it just purely metaphor that was used for that one thing? Um, the cyborg thing is like a continuing thing and um, I have a project about like collectivity and disintegrating into what I'm calling a whatever singularity which is like a tacoonist phrase mm -hmm. um, and so there's like a lot of like transformation no matter what and it's 
it's always very like there's like lots of voices happening and you're not sure if like the I is I the author or if the I is like I the reader if the I is like oh, some wow. host of like other characters and subjectivities and they kind of like all shift into each other like in extra transmission there's like there's like four predominant voices and it's oh, unclear okay. at, at some point they yeah. all collapse um, oh wow which is what I like to call polyvocal, which is also fun. Fun oh. word. Oh, I like that. Did you come up with that? Polyvocal? Or is that a concept we should have learned? Or is that like a concept that's a thing? Like... I would love to claim it, but I think it existed before I said it. <laughs> oh, well, no, I, I'm just, I love knowing that it's a thing. Like, yeah. It's really cool. We're just going to credit you anyway because we don't know better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's a thing. That's so cool. Um, that's so cool. Um, and have but... you, yeah, like, so you've written, so you've mostly written poetry, would you say, or do you also write in other formats? Oh, there's the song, there's the song, did you do, did you do the songwriting for your bands? Oh yeah, songwriting. Uh, well, I was in, I was in two bands that I wrote all the lyrics for, and my most recent band, Spray Tan, was like a collaborative. Oh, cool project which was really fun um yeah i have poetry is like my main form of writing mm -hmm. um i have i i used to do more like journalism stuff and like interviewing people um and i am kind of working on a trashy punk romance novel heck yes but it's still kind of poetic like it's not like traditional novel yeah. prose um but that's just like very fun and that's like my like i'm like oh i'm gonna like experience a full-blown winter for the first time in six years i'm going to write a lot of this tragic punk romance novel ah love it queer tragic punk romance novel or just tragic romance punk novel Tr oh trashy oh but not queer oh definitely queer thank god Queer, trashy, trashy, Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, that's a um, great way to spend a winter. <laughs> yeah, so it's also a, it's really fun to work on. Oh my god, I bet, and I Ta bet, oh, maybe it'll end up in Paris-based books in Houston. Oh my god, It'd maybe. Be, it'd be amazing. But, so give us the synopsis so far, if, you, if you're comfortable sharing, if it's Yeah, if not, rough. that's okay. Yeah, just tell us the fuck off with that, and we'll <laughs> talk about something else. Oh my god. If you don't want to reveal like what it's about yet. And we're just gonna mark this whole section spoilers. <laughs> yeah, well I have like a thing that I'm doing that I don't want to give away. Um oh, okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's good to have the surprise element. Okay. We'll find out what everyone else says. Yeah. 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 But it's like being it's just, you know, navigating the queer scene as mm -hmm cutie puck and um having crushes and having crushes sometimes who aren't as into you and it's just oh. like very like you know, there's like shows and like yeah. readings it's kind of like I'm kind of seeing it as it it as a little bit of like in the poet's novel genre yeah mm -hmm. um cool and it's half in it's half in Oakland and it's half in New York oh okay yeah I'm thinking it's kind of like just hearing just a little about it kind of reminds me of like all the crushes I had during like 
all the activist spaces I ran in when I was younger. So yes, this book is for you. <laughs> <laughs> we have all been there in some, in yeah. some context. It's like. I love this person. I want them. I want to probably be them too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also, they might be my gender goal. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, yeah. Hook up with or become or both. <laughs> That's or... one of the first things you said. You told me about Ellie is that that kind of do I want to be her or do I want to or do I want? You said. You do said, I want to well, be, you attributed... be with her? Be do I want to be with this person or be this person or are yeah. they my gender goal? <laughs> yeah. Like shit. Like, where's the line? It's like, look, I'm just gonna be with you just to study you and figure it out. <laughs> Insider secrets. Yep. Cyber. Hell yeah. That's so cool. <sighs> And then it gets very messy because then you've got the crush, then you sleep with their crush or you sleep with them and break somebody else's heart. And now it's evil and tangled. And then you're all at the same show. What? Yeah. Whoa. That was trippy. <laughs> or the same protest. And you have to yell at people even though you want to yell at each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, classic. <laughs> oh, the, the lovely small world that we all, all as queer people deal with. The queer POC small world. Yeah, an even smaller queer POC world. Definitely. Uh, it's worse than the lesbian community. Uh, <laughs> the lesbian community is pretty uh, bad. I can say from experience where like, you will eventually trace back, there are very few, it, it takes very few degrees of separation to be like, oh, Oh, you know this same person. No, it's more like, well, you're exactly three beds from so-and-so. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> That's like uh, Alice from the L Word. Dating oh my God. again. The, the chart. chart. The chart. The chart. Yeah. The chart strikes again. The chart strikes. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. It's like, I am two beds from Hillary Clinton. Oh, uh, yikes. Yikes. So, damn. Yikes. I... Okay. Interesting history you just gave away about yourself, Ellie. No, uh, th that was bullshit. I know, I know, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Um, so, and uh, do so, you do you want to get into your next piece? Um, one sec. Okay, I'm gonna scroll. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna hold on. My roommate is cooking, so I don't want to. I'm just gonna oh, okay. move for okay. a sec. Yeah, we don't need your roommate issuing a DMC strike, DMCA strike against us for cooking. No, I just oh, don't want to torture them. Um, <laughs> okay, can you still? Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Um, oh, this is a good Arab one. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if you all have experienced comments from men about your eyes, but... Oh my god, yes. I can't wait. Okay. There, there will be commentary after this. I know there will be. <laughs> okay, so I'll read a couple pieces. Um, Yay. 
to the punk bro who told me I had brutal eyeballs. You are such a whiner. He followed me out of the pit and said I looked at you in the eyes before I punched you directly in the stomach. It was 100 degrees and dark. It could have been anyone, your dumb roommate or your dumb friend. You stepped closer to tell me I had brutal eyeballs over and over, and so this time I punched you in the stomach with my half-empty 40, digging the cap in deep through to your kidneys, leaving high-life cap ridges on your stupid shirtless caved-in stomach until you puked on your own shoes. I hope your GF likes the bruises. Yes. To the bro poet at my reading looking at his iPhone... Can't wait to shove that iPhone between your sixth and seventh ribs. Let's see how important your fake friend's status update is from inside your left lung. And for the love of God, stop writing now that you can't talk or breathe. Oh, my God. Relatable. Yeah. Ugh, the brutal eyeballs. Hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, that was beautiful. And so, like... Uh, it just feels so that is, validating. Is like my cathartic. anger feels validating. Well, you've been angry at a lot of men this week, <laughs> like especially so. Oh my god, every week, <laughs> every week. Yeah, I um, I, I, I even posted on Facebook about my desire to punch a man a few days ago <laughs> that I saw on the sidewalk, and of course, a man commented and said, "Imagine if you had said you want to punch a woman." I was like, wow. Wow. The fact that you're commenting is really uh, validating my status even more. Ugh, it's like, I don't want to punch just a man now. I want to punch you. Yeah. Yeah. You uh-huh. uh, you made my, you direct my status at you now. Yeah. Degendered it. Just you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, boy. But yeah, I, I uh, that speaks to me. Definitely does. Yeah. I'm both, so glad. Both of them. Uh, just for context, listeners, we are recording this. I mean, this is relevant always, but we are recording this the week that the whole Kavanaugh thing is going on. The hearing just happened a few days ago, so mm-hmm. this is just like an extra little yes from me. Like, yeah, this is being yes. recorded uh, on the 1st of October. Yeah, yeah, so by the time this publishes, you know. We'll see what happens. Like Kavanaugh could be old news. This will all have blown over, and now we'll look like completely insane, hysterical people. Of course. Of course. Yeah. In just a couple weeks. Because, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Us crazy non-cis men. You know, but it's it's like, why do we have to take sides in politics? Why do we have to get so angry? But Uh I don't... It's... Like, Yeah. But that's. But I, it's only I, if you're a woman, or or like not a man, you or know? you know, an actual stake in it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. At risk. Yeah. But you know, I I get it. It's and I love the way you put it, and it makes me happy to hear it. It makes my anger happy. <laughs> I'm so glad. I, like that. I feel like vengeance poetry is underutilized as yeah. a genre. Yeah, because, yeah. Which is shocking, given how, like, how strong the, uh, or how popular the diss track has gotten. Yeah. It's like, the diss track is strong, but Vengeance Poetry is not. Hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's so 
therapeutic and healing for the listener too i bet i i mean for the writer and then also for the listener yeah they're certainly crowd pleasers yeah um i like to like open up a reading by reading a couple of them to like make them laugh and then i hit them hard with the other stuff yeah yeah after they've warmed up to me (laughs) (laughs) you're like that was we were just getting started it's like first the distract the really obnoxious you know toxic masculinity types and now i'm going to go into this deep digression into transhumanism and consumer culture Mm -hmm. yeah yeah which would be the exciting part for me just saying yeah. Yes. Uh, I definitely look forward to ending up at another of your readings. I know it'll happen. Yeah. Let me know when you all are in town. Yeah. Definitely will. Definitely. So, um, where can people, uh, I guess, connect with you or find either find your work or like connect with you or whatever? Like any oh, contact. Yeah. Fan mail and publishers go where? Oh, yeah. Well, my Instagram is at wolf underscore hour. Wolf like the animal and hour like time. Mm -hmm. And I have a website that I try to keep updated that has also PDFs of some zines that I've made, which is just andreaak.com. Okay. And a hot photo of me on the beach. Um, Nice. We're seeing that photo. It is awesome. Yay. Oh, yeah. It's Um, on your Skype, I think. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Funny. Yeah. Um, and this extra transmission will be out in November, and you can get it from Yay. small press distribution or bookstore. Is, an exact, or, is there an exact date yet? Or do you uh, have a pre order link for us? No, but maybe by the time you post the episode, yes. Okay. Okay, okay cool. This will be um, published on October 19th, so I'll check in with you. Oh, like, cool. Close to yeah. Them, so. Um, okay, so Instagram or your website are the best. Yeah, and my I also have a Twitter that I don't use as much as I should, but it's okay. the same as my Instagram at wolf underscore hour. Perfect. We're guilty of that too. I know. Yeah. I know. We're slacking on Twitter a lot too. But Instagram's where it's at. I know. I've so, yeah. Instagram I've so is way more fun. I know. It's the the visual aspect. Is yeah. Really yeah. Nice. Twitter's for yelling at old people. Yeah, all the poetry drama happens on Twitter. Oh. But I'm like not part of it. But uh, yeah. If I want to know what's up, I just go yeah. on. Yeah. You're like, but it's Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like presidents are on Twitter now. Who cares? <laughs> right. Mess. I know. I hope Trump never starts an Instagram. Oh my God, ew. Ew. God. It's like we would have to hear his thoughts and see his photos, and see his thoughts. Mm. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you all listeners for listening. And you can find us at thequeerarabs.com. We are on Instagram, Twitter sometimes, and <laughs> Facebook at thequeerarabs. And uh, what else did I miss? Oh, and you can email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes. It makes a big difference. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Andrea. You're Thank You're you. incredible. I'm so excited we got to talk to you. Oh um, I, I I was fanning over you at uh, Yellow Punk. So I'm oh my god! To I know I totally was. Uh, Thank you. Actually, I had something. I wanted to do something funny for like after the outro song. Okay, what do you want to do? Uh, we can just say fuck you to specific men. Mm-hmm.
Fuck you, Donald Trump. Okay. Fuck you to the man on the sidewalk who I wanted to punch who looked me up and down and said, you're attractive. Who I didn't know. Yes. Fuck Kanye West. You know what you did this time. <laughs> God, I can't handle <laughs> pop culture. <laughs> um, God. I don't... Fuck Kavanaugh. Fuck Lindsey Graham for putting up with Kavanaugh. God, I can't even. <laughs> go visceral. Doesn't have to be somebody obvious or famous. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go again. Uh, fuck that one guy who told me to go make a sandwich during that Overwatch match. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Fuck that guy in the Target parking lot who touched your boobs, Ellie. Ugh, SOS. Yeah. I know. Fuck that guy who touched my boobs and then asked me if they were real. Ooh. Yep. I was there. Oh, oh, not that time. Yeah, that was a different time. People that, like, oh, yeah. People like walking, walking up to me and touching my boobs, apparently. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fuck all the tech bros ruining the Bay Area. Yeah. Oh, fuck yes. Amen to that. Fuck all the uh, property company bros who keep buying up all those properties and only renting them out. <laughs> uh, fuck any of the bros who think it's okay to be on stage. Fuck the bros at Riot Games who basically had so much sexism to go around, it made the news and made me start hating playing the game I loved. Damn. Sad. Damn. Fuck bro culture in general. 100%. Yes, yes, yes. Are we See? out of fuck yous? I mean, never, but... Never, but I think that covered a lot of important groups. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh... Fuck you to my brother's drug dealer. It's like he's already bra- he's already brain damaged. He has no money. Stop. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Hate that. Fuck. Yeah. All right, that was oh, a nice and heavy that, one. That was yeah. Good. That was yeah. Good. Right. That, was, that was necessary. All right, I'm gonna stop yeah. recording now. Okay.